Being a mother is an attitude, not biology. An unknown writer once said, if you give me any three words, I'll write you a story about my mother. Story is in our DNA, and of course, so is she. We gathered stories from men and women in all walks of life. Stories about the ones we have, the ones we are, the ones we know. This includes stories about stepmothers, godmothers, grandmothers, birth moms, foster moms, the mom up the street. It includes stories about not being a mom and stories about mothering in other ways. No matter how you slice it, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. Hi everybody, I'm Lupe Padilla Mitchell. I'm a life coach of mothers and families and a mother of three adult daughters. I'm Katie Mitchell, actress, writer, storyteller, and mom of a teenage son. Okay, so I know a thing or two about sending uh, kids off to college and them getting out of their comfort zone and getting away from a mom who is very in tune to them. That's what this next podcast is about. Today's show just was such a special episode, don't you think? Because we haven't had a guest this young and to see mothering from um, the perspective of a girl who's just entering womanhood. That's what we talked about a little bit was um, enlightening, wasn't it? Yep. Today's podcast is refreshing because she is adorable, college student, embarking on just figuring this out. And she does it with such honesty and open eyes and knowing what she doesn't know, you know, and taking steps. It was really beautiful. Yeah. And she sees it through the eyes of a writer. So we we're blessed with being able to picture it with her. Yeah, definitely. This episode is a take on motherhood from a girl who is just entering womanhood. What happens when you are a teen terrified to leave the nest and go to college? Well, you create your own comfort zone, your own college family. Hmm. So the writer today is Parker Lulu Sakovich. She's a college freshman at Emerson College in Boston. And she's currently studying screenwriting, but she's tried writing everything from angsty poetry to horoscopes and anything in between. Her goal is to one day work in the world of children's animated television. Would you like to welcome Parker Lulu to the show? Welcome, Parker Lulu, to the show. I heard you were a neighborhood kid at Charlie's. It's true. Uh, we live on this kind of dead-end cul-de-sac, so in a very Brady Bunch way, like everybody in the neighborhood is very close, and Charlie was one of one of my neighbors. Charlie's my son, just for those who don't know. Anyway, so I've known Ms. Sakovich since she was... Three or four, yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, maybe it was five, but... It does not matter. The point is, I was very, very little. You were very little and so flippin' cute. Aww. And now she's all grown up and, and writes and goes to college. And we're just so thrilled to have you join us. I'm so thrilled to be here. So, because, you know, we're going to chat at the end, but before we uh, read your story, we like to just have the writer give us a little bit of context, give us a setup before they start. And so we'd love it if you did that. Yeah, of course. So uh, when I was thinking about mothering, you know, my first instinct was obviously like, oh, I'll like write a story about my experience with my mom because we're very close and I, I love her. But then I was like, I feel like that is something that's kind of already been said. There's not much nuance to my mom is great and I love spending time with her. So I was thinking about kind of this new part of my life and being in college I don't know. I was just thinking about the dynamic of going from having mostly female friends to having a lot of male friends. 
and how the dynamic changes when you're the only girl in the group. Mm. And then this story kind of came out from that because I was like, oh, oh, it's not just like a group of friends. There's like this strange dynamic, you know? Don't say another word about it. Why don't you just read it for us and then we'll talk. Perfect. I was like, I don't want to spoil anything fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is called My Four Sons. Motherhood terrifies me. I think it terrifies most 19-year-old girls, as I can barely be responsible for myself, let alone another human being. So when I went off to college this year, I was only thinking about taking care of my base needs, survival of the fittest. I'm not too big to say that I am a very needy person, so I've always been very close with my mom. I was never a fan of sleepovers, never went to a month-long summer camp, and I've never felt the need to rebel. Going to college was the first time I was leaving home for real, and more drastically, away from my mom. It was clear to me that I might have to get used to feeling a little alone. But that's when I met the boys. For the sake of anonymity, I called them where they're from. New York, Virginia, St. Louis, and Seattle. I was really lucky to find them, and they are honestly four of my favorite people in the world. But I noticed something interesting when we first became friends. I started putting their needs above my own. If I knew so-and-so had a class they usually slept through, I would get up early to go to their dorm and make sure they were awake. I was constantly checking to see if everyone had at least three meals. I remember telling Seattle that he shouldn't wear pajamas every day. I was consistently giving relationship advice, girl advice, etc. I'd make quizlets for them to use on tests. I was doing all this without making sure I was okay. That's when I realized I had become the mother of these guys. I was more worried about the well-being of four boys who then I'd maybe known for a month or so. I might as well had donned a fanny pack and gotten my Subaru to the PTA meeting. (laughs) I was a mom. The moment in which my role as a group mom became most extreme was during a whirlwind romance between New York and a girl from Tinder. The relationship was short-lived, but I found myself involved in every step along the way. Should he match with her on Tinder? I endorsed it. Now we've been hooking up. What do I do? Go on a date with her, see how you feel. It's been a week and she said, I love you. Should I say it back? Only if you mean it. He didn't and said it anyway. I was coaching him from the bleachers right until the moment they broke it off. You'd think that I'd be off the hook once they stopped dating, but no. Then he asked me to take care of her and make sure she was doing okay. I somehow had become the training wheels of their relationship and I did not sign up for the position of third wheel. I wish I could wrap up the story sweetly and say... Now I focus on myself, knowing that it's not my responsibility to care for others, but to care for myself. Or, because of all this, I now have a greater respect for my mother and all she does. These would all be fine and well, but they wouldn't be the real end of the story. The true end of the story is that obviously these four guys can take care of themselves. They don't need me. But I guess that being without my mom, without my hometown friends, and without my support system, it just feels nice to be needed. I wonder if I'll feel the same way when I actually have kids. That was so perfect. <laughs> Love that story so much. And it was so hard not to Thank laugh you. a couple of times while you were reading. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I mean, same. I was, I kept like trying not to laugh at just the absurdity of. <laughs> but you do situation. find yourself. I know um, when my eldest went to college, she did similar things above and beyond for for one for the guy she ended up marrying last month. <laughs> That's where they met. Yeah, congratulations. 
it was so funny because at the wedding when they were doing the toast the night before, you know, at the yeah the rehearsal dinner and and all the <laughs> young guys were going, oh, and Matiana cooked for us for the first year, and you know, she just she like talked. And I thought of her immediately when you said <laughs> this story. <laughs> no, the funniest thing that you mentioned cooking, I also cook for them sometimes. <laughs> Right. And that comes more from me loving to cook and needing somebody to eat my food. But, you know, it's, it's also funny. Like, I don't know. Give, give me like an apron and like I'll have like a baby in one arm, you know, hair in a bun. Obviously all gross generalizations, but. Well, it's it's also one of the beautiful things. The first sentence of your story is motherhood scares the crap out of me. Oh, like, yeah. Hello. And, and yet, yet I find myself doing it. I, exactly. I sign up for, for adult, adults already to take care of. Yeah. And I just think it's kind of part of who you are if that is who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think getting away from your own mom and your own support system and your comfort zone and your family and going into the world, like being released into the world, because that's what happens to our kids when we send them off to college or their first job or their first apartment. You really, that's when you really do find out or begin to find out who you are and what you're made of and what is important to you in life or what you might need to work on because that's not good for you. you oh, yeah. Know? No, I, I realized quickly that putting all my energy into taking care of other people's, you know, you know I'm making mm-hmm. sure they're all eating and going to class. But here I am like, oh, I've had one coffee and half a bagel today. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, exactly. It's really great how um you read you wrote the story so you're very aware of it. That's the best part. Yeah. It's not just happening to you. You're like you're very intentional. Yeah. When you when you're becoming aware of what you do. And so self-aware about how it wrapped up or if this was the, you know, the tidbit and, and the wisdom that I got from it. But no, this is <laughs> what the reality is and this is the truth of me in the story so exactly and it's not a bad thing i think right now we're in an era where perhaps women are are trying to take better care of themselves and that by perhaps saying i i need to put myself first but sometimes putting yourself first is doing those things because it's just part of who you are. Right. And feeds you and makes you feel good. It makes you feel mm-hmm. good. And so you created your own home and your own community. You started cooking. You started. And a lot of that is for you. Yes. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I think that's kind of what I'm saying at the end is like, I'm sure that if I stopped doing all the stuff that I was more doing it at the beginning, but if I stopped doing all the stuff to help my friends, they would be fine. They would find either a new support system or they would learn to do it themselves. Right. But it brings me joy and like it fills this like weird need to be like, yes, it's a need to be needed, yes. you know? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. I, I'm just going to say this. Yes, it is a need to be, not that I'm going to be your shrink, but. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> that need to be needed, but it can also be that need to, to make someone happy or to give to give, to simply give, to give joy, to, yeah. to give something that you create or are capable of that you know then enhances another human being. And by the way, I don't know what else there is to do on this planet other than help others. Really? Yeah. And, You're really right. Right. I mean, if it's through stand-up comedy or if it's from <laughs> or cooking them a meal or, you know what I mean, or delivering medicine to an old, whatever the heck it is, you know, it, it, I don't think there's anything else to do but help each other. 
Yeah. And I'm sure you have other um, female friends that this wouldn't be their, uh, their place to go enjoy themselves. Like they're like, Oh, I'll show up for dinner. (laughs) So I have one daughter who is that my eldest is the one who would, she makes the party. She makes, she did this all through college. Um, And then I have my other one who was like, I will be there supporting you. I will uh, write a check. <laughs> I'll pay you. I'll pay you for the groceries. I'll help prep for a certain amount, but I have to peace out when I need to peace out. Like when she is done taking care of people, she's like done. It, and it's just so like individual. It's really funny. Uh, I think I was probably working on this story in class at one point, and uh, a female friend of mine read it, and her first thing she said was, "She was like." Hey, if I pay for groceries, will you make me meals? And I'm like, yeah, totally. I'm like, if I don't have to pay for it, like, I'll I'll make you whatever. I'll make you some chicken, something. Okay. <laughs> so my eldest, and this is so funny, and you could take it to this level, by the way. Um, she um, she would send a text to everybody in the building that she lived in. Mm. Um, it was an apartment building in uh, Santa Barbara. And she's like, I'm going to make salmon tonight. I'm uh, so how much salmon uh, this many people responded. She charged everyone $10 for a meal because she knew they would pay at least that much for fast food. And then she'd like, mom, this is how many people responded. Um, This is what I have to do. I'm going to make salmon. And she'd give them the menu like salmon, salad, you know, French bread, blah, blah, blah. And she would charge everyone 10 bucks. And she would make the meal and then they would all just come over and she had paper plates and, <laughs> and all the boys, all the boys would definitely do it because they were so oh, sick of eating fast food. But she, and then, mm-hmm. you know, if she wanted carne asada, she would just call her dad. Okay. How much flank steak do I have to get? This is what I'm doing. I'm going to get the guys to barbecue it, bring it up to my apartment and then I'll just make tacos or whatever. And she, it was 10 bucks. Oh, that's genius because yeah. here's the deal. No, that's absolutely genius. Oh my God. It's, I'm it's, stealing that hundred percent. It's, it's mine now. To. You have to. It's the same amount of work yeah. to cook for three as it is for 10. That's I mean, exactly. Oh, thousand percent. That is such a good idea. Uh, okay. So now tell me other things. Um, let's talk about your writing. Sure. I'd love to. Okay. So um, you'd like to go into screenplays? My dream is to write for children's animated TV, you know, oh. like Adventure Time, Steven Universe, that kind of stuff. Oh, my God. How fun. That's fantastic. So how do you work on that at school? How do you work toward that? Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's right now I'm taking a lot of generalized film classes, but like next semester, I'm going to be able to focus in and I'm going to focus in on screenwriting and I think from there, it's kind of, it's kind of on me to reach out to anim- other animators and other creators and just kind of figure out, like, almost get like a little, uh, okay, this is a weird way to describe it, but did either of you guys ever play D&D as a kid, Dungeons and Dragons? Okay, as a kid, D- okay. <laughs> No, as no. a kid, D and D didn't exist. <laughs> I had an etch a sketch. <laughs> but but, but I, I know about it. I have I have nieces and a nephew and a child. So yes, we get it. Yeah, you guys, you guys know. Yes, um, I do know. Yeah, you gotta. It's it's all about building your party. You know, you have to have like a fighter and you have to have a healer. This is the dorkiest way I could describe this. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm like kicking myself for starting this, but now I have to keep going. <laughs> you have to have 
you have to have like your fighter, you have to have your healer, you have to have your defense. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do in college. Like I know, okay, I write screenplays and I want to write for animation, but I can't draw to save my life. So I'll find somebody who can draw and I'm not great at editing. So I would find somebody who can edit. And you kind of build your team. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do this, not this semester because I'm a freshman and I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like trying to learn how to like live without my mom checking in on me, you know, every day. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, honey? That's so great that you already know to do that. And I love that you're using D&D as the model because that is that is what you need to do in life. Yeah. You really do. You have to build your team. It mm-hmm. doesn't even matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's just about finding your people. And hey, it all full circle comes back to me trying to find my people. And I found these guys. And like, if the give and take is that they offer me support and friendship and, you know, I make sure they get to class, you know, it's not a bad give and take. And that they cheer you on to so that you go ahead and, and have these dreams become reality or that they're right there for you. That's the that's the biggest thing that they show up for you and encourage you and they have your back. Oh, because you have theirs. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we're yeah. a really good team. Like recently we all made a uh, a little short film together and you know, it was it we had 48 hours to make it and there was just this like great moment of camaraderie where I was like, okay, I don't have to feel like I'm just supporting them. Like we are all working together. And there are so many moments when I, you know, can't I can't be on all the time. Like I can't be yes. like almost performative all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the the difference between actual motherhood and what I'm doing is that in actual motherhood, you can't turn it off. You can never just like go like, all right, I'm going to not be a mom for a day. Like you can't <laughs> do that because you have a child who you have to take <laughs> care of. But with my friends and, and this kind of pseudo motherhood, I'm able to like, turn it off if I need to. And nobody's going like, oh, Parker, why aren't you here like taking care of me? Like they all come out and support me. And it's, it's amazing. I, I'm really lucky. Yeah. Here's a question for you and, you know, think about it, but what would you say you are learning in this period of time without a daily mother influence in the house? You know I mean? Obviously you probably talk to her yeah. a lot on the phone, but mm-hmm. there's something different about being away. And, and I'm just wondering what you're learning about that. Yeah. Um, the main thing I think I'm learning is I'm learning how to ask for help. Hmm. Because when I have my mom and, and my parents in general, I don't want to discount Jay Sack. You know, he's the best. Your dad. <laughs> he is the best. But specifically, the connection with my mom is it's very, it's very intimate and personal. And I most of the time, if I need her, I usually don't even have to ask because she'll know that something is off Mm. Um, and she'll know where to ask because, you know, she's lived with me my entire life. She knows stuff that I struggle with. She knows stuff that I thrive at. But when I went off to college, nobody knows that. Like I am going in with a fully clean slate. Like nobody knows about like my insecurities or the areas in which I struggle. And so if I need help, I... And I have to ask, and it's terrifying, obviously. Like, for the first time in my life, I don't have this safety net. And obviously, if something big were to happen, or if I really needed her, my mom is always there. But I, for the little things, I have to learn to advocate for myself. That's something mm. my mom has always taught me. 
my mom, Joanna, does not take – how much can I swear on here? What's, what's, you can swear. I can swear? <gasps> Amazing. Okay. My mom does not take any shit from anybody at all. Mm-hmm. Like, if there is a problem, she will – she is the, like, I will speak to your manager and I will make sure you get exactly what you need. <laughs> yes. And I am not that person. I am a people pleaser, first and foremost. <laughs> and so – and being away from her, I don't have her to, you know – Stand up for me. And I, I really have to learn to stand up for myself. And it's hard. It's yeah. so hard. But I don't know. I like I like doing it because I, it feels kind of bold to step outside of my kind of shell that, I, that I've created for myself. Yeah. And to give yourself credit, I think that's beautiful. Credit for showing up in different ways, for being bold. As, as difficult as it might be for you to, you know complain at customer service about something that didn't work, yeah, you know, oh yeah. your mother would be like, oh, that's just a Tuesday. But for you, <laughs> you have to give yourself credit because you did something that is uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I try to give myself as much credit as I can, but it's it's hard, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm an insecure teenager at heart. But that's good. That's why we want to push you guys out of nests and make you fly. That's the only way you're going to learn to avoid the branches, you know, and to go high enough that you're not being blown by the wind <laughs> and all that stuff. Not to make a, I don't know why I'm making a bird analogy. And, and it's not just about learning. I'm going to go on with the bird analogy because I like it. Um, <laughs> it's not just about learning how to fly away from the branches and the wind but it's learning mm-hmm. what to do when you do get caught. And that's yeah. that's something I'm really learning. I'm learning how yeah. to deal with mistakes because I am very hard on myself. And when you have this maternal figure kind of always there like, oh, don't worry. Like if, if something goes wrong, there's always a way to fix it. Like it's a lot easier. But then now that I'm kind of on my own, yeah. at least more on my own, I have to I have to remind myself, like, it's okay to mess up. It's okay if there are days that just don't work. Yeah. You know, I always would say, you know, just give it a try or we'll get up on the other side of this. It doesn't matter because why? Because really few things are fatal. I Mm -hmm. mean, what you're about to take on, the mistake you're about to make, what's the worst? I mean, I would always tell the girls, what is the absolute worst? Could you handle it? Okay, let's go. You know, and that's what's the absolute worst embarrassment. Got it. Uh, so, so yeah, a few things are fatal. So, getting up on the other side of it is everything. Exactly, and uh, that's the one thing that I think I've really grown from from when I was like not in college. And obviously, it hasn't been that much time. So, there's there is always room to grow. But in the short time I've been in college, I've really kind of learned to deal with rejection and. And I'm, it's obviously not perfect, but I I find myself not taking rejection as personally. Like if, like, you know, the classic scenario, you think a guy likes you, you guys talk, and it turns out that you're not on the same page. <laughs> I If I was in, still in high school or middle school or, you know, even before I went off to Boston, I would be like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Like, I did something wrong. I'm the problem. But Mm -hmm. 99.9% of the time, it's not you. Mm -hmm. It is something going on in their own world, or they're just not that into you. And it says nothing about you. It's about them. And it's even that way with friendships. Mm -hmm. So you meet a bunch of other girls, and it's just, it's not about you, and it's not about wrong or right. It just isn't. That's all it is. 
those kinds of moments, I always take it back to myself for a second and go, yeah, that's right. I don't like every guy out there. Mm -hmm. So why would every guy want (laughs) to be with me? I don't like every girl out there. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be friends with everyone. Why would everyone want to be friends with me? So, you know, then you just, just a slight shift in perspective. And oh yeah. Okay. Right. It's like, oh, it's not my fault. It's not the end of the world if somebody doesn't want to like hang out with me. Right. Exactly. Not everything needs to be a fault. You know, (laughs) not it just is. Um, This is such a great uh, interview. And I love that you came and shared this time in your life. I mean, I, this is beautiful because you're, you're right in the middle of um, some amazing things that the next few years that are going to have in store for you, mostly in your own personal growth. I'm really excited and happy for you. The other thing is I I wish you could see Katie's face. I've done what we've had probably um, recorded 60 uh, podcasts already. Yeah. And um, you know, and Katie's face, she she has like a tear in her eye. I'm so oh. moved. Shut up. <laughs> Katie, I love you so much. <laughs> because, because she's been there and she watched you and you roam the streets. And when oh, yeah. you get to this part, I'm in this part. I'm in this part of my life where there are kids I don't really know or see anymore. But my goodness, I loved them all through when they were growing up. And I still cheer them on from afar. No matter distance, time, things said and done, it doesn't matter. I still love every kid that I've um, I've I've been a grace to watch grow up. Yeah, I know. I was just gonna say that there there are a lot of parents that I've kind of grown up with, but not to to praise too much. But Katie, I, I've always felt like super close with you. Like we didn't spend like an insane amount of time with each other, but it's, I don't know. There was just always something like really special. Oh, sorry. Oh my God, Joey, no. Um, <laughs> he hears I, that. He knew. He was like, am I being challenged? That's her dad. <laughs> my dad calling. Say, you know, is that Seattle? Or- <laughs> no, that's no, it's not Seattle being like, please help. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I just can't express how happy I was when you reached out. I, I just I love you so much, and I love you too, honey. No, but um, so yeah, I agree. Thank you so much for being here. It's been it's exciting for us to hear a take on motherhood from a girl who's just now entering womanhood and seeing what kind of mother she's being to her friends, and also comparing that to the mom she has and just her perspective. Your perspective is um, delicious, it's priceless. Thank you so much. Honestly, this has been so. I don't know, just it's such a nice kind of time capsule to figure out. Like I know 20 or 30 years from now, I can look back on this and and see what I was thinking and feeling. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. Oh my God, you're so welcome, really. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of uh, college kids should um, listen in and those all those parents sending their kids off to school mm-hmm. should listen in and learn a lot in this episode. Oh, yeah, just learn. It's not that I should be giving anybody <laughs> advice, but if... If you're like a parent sending a kid off to college, they're going to be terrified, but they will get through it. I was the most scared. Like I like going off, I was like, when I get to college, I am going to die. This I'm going to die in the first week and that's going to be it. But I got through it and I love it. And I'm so glad that I got the opportunity. So thank you. This is great. Okay, that's the show. And to find out more about our writers, go to our website, Instagram, or Twitter. If it's not one thing, it's your mother. And that's the number one, not the word one. 
Want to do something to help us? Go wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review us. Five stars would be nice. You can say something complimentary because you know what? It really does help other people find our show. And also share us with a friend because word of mouth is the best compliment. Join us next week.